Yeah, I mean, in the old days, what you know, my first ever server on the internet was a desktop PC sitting on my desk, running Windows three, and crashing every hour. <laughs> uh, and I had to worry about the connectivity, and I had to run, you know, re reboot it twenty times a day. Um, you you had to mess with the disk storage. Huh? You had to mess with the disk storage. Yeah, you know. And uh, hey, Ant, you remember disk storage? Yeah, remember that. I'm trying to figure out what the heck are they talking about. <laughs> I don't know these <laughs> these know, old timers. What I'm talking there. about is that it's so much easier. You know, the first time, and I haven't. I've done a couple of servers on the internet. It was a Windows PC running Windows three, and it crashed every 15 minutes. And, you know, I was responsible. I had to be the system administrator. I had to make sure there was a connection between it and the internet. Uh, it was a huge pain in the ass. And, uh, you know, we've gone through generations, like things got a little more professional and servers kind of moved into server rooms and maybe there'd be a bunch of them. And then people started doing, you know, these racks with blades in them. So the, the server part got easier and easier, but now, Hey, you don't mess with it. It's just virtual on the Amazon cloud. And if you don't like Amazon's price, you move it to somebody else's cloud. That, somebody I think, else will offer a virtual solution is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Somebody else is so going to start one on I, Amazon. Like, I've got an Amazon Web Services server, and I get a bill from those guys, and it's really cool. Um, I get a bill every month for one penny because I'm not doing much with it, right? If I were doing something with it and had a lot of customers, I'd get a bigger bill. Right. As long as it's, I mean, you can just develop for free. Wait. Guys, it's Wednesday, May 23rd, 2012, episode 10 of Yats. It's Yet Another Tech Show at yetanothertechshow.com. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, as usual, we got Aunt Pruitt. What's going on? We got Larry. Episode 10. Episode 10. All 10. (laughs) Count them. Larry Press, how are you doing? Excellent. Good to see you guys. Got Mike Rothman. Welcome back. Hey, everyone. Good to be back. We missed you last week. I'm glad you're back. I hope you weren't fishing your HTC One X out of the toilet all weekend. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm heartbroken. Painful story there, my man. I know, eluding. Seriously, worse. It seems like it's almost worse since you had to bring up a painful subject. Let's just uh, get I'll right you, into it. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the story. I'm I am driving and fondling and carrying that. Uh, HTC One X all the time up until uh, yesterday. I'm getting out of my car. I open the car door. I put the the phone up on the uh, the dashboard, and the phone promptly slides down the dashboard out the the door, which is open, and lands face down oh. on the asphalt. Oh, oh no! And and my heart stops beating, and I reach oh, down and. Oh. 
So you're like you're you have Schrodinger's cat in the box, both dead and alive. You your HTC. I have a shattered screen. Oh no! And moreover, just this pale, ghostly, milk white light emitting from the screen. Oh, that's heartbreaking. No image any longer. And now, just to make it worse, there is some weird customs hold on the HTC One X. We talked about and, that on AOTA uh, last yeah. week, and they yeah. a lot of them have gotten through by now. But yeah, they were having some problems getting them in because of you guessed it, lawsuits. Yay, it's lawsuits. Yeah, them again. So the, I mean, AT and T is saying we are out of stock. And we don't know when we're going to stock the thing again. And today, AT&T announced they're no longer taking orders for the device. Wow. So, now, is that just the X or is that the S and what was the other one? The V or well, I forget what the other one's called. Because we heard I, I it was did, just the X that was stuck in customs. But it, So far as I know, it's only the X. Right. Uh, Which is the I one everyone that, wants. Yeah, Exactly. I think those other models may not be available on AT&T. I think those are models for other carriers. Right, but that's, oh, yeah, for you. But I was wondering in general if yeah. every carrier was having problems yeah. getting their version of it in or if it was just, just the don't, AT&T. Don't, don't know, but I am, uh, so I'm back to the old iPhone uh, 3GS, which it happens I still had held on to. Did you get insurance on the 1X at all or is it? Do, do I look like I'm smart enough to have gotten insurance? <laughs> Man. No. Do you have it there? Can you hold it up? Can we can we see it? No, I, I don't have it here. Just throw it away. Did you yeah, bury it in the it, backyard? <laughs> Flush yeah, it down the toilet. Yeah. Flush it let down us, the toilet. The gold let us have a moment of silence for the HTC One X that yeah. once was. I think it's Ant's yeah. the There's only no one. There's no way they can. Re- that's an expensive thing. It's not worth trying. They won't try to repair it. You like, can get a new screen for it, but if there's internal damage done, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, I talked through all those options, yeah. and the the one that appears to be best, and also by the way, less less expensive is is to just go ahead and replace it. All those options so, are quite expensive unless you pay the yeah. monthly insurance fee or whatever. Yeah. It, Which, it if you would like, have had insurance, you never would have dropped it. That's how that goes. Exactly. <laughs> right. Absolutely, that's how it works. It seems like the cell phone carriers have all figured out the maximum way to extort money from It's us. statistics, yeah. right? They're right yeah. at that, that mean line where right before it starts to go back down. They're like right at the peak, <laughs> just that's making exactly money. exactly right there. They have figured out the efficient frontier for m- milking cell phone users. Yep, and a two-year contract right on the, and a $600 device. I'm sitting right there on the pointy edge. So Man. I am waiting for the One X. I, I thought it over. I don't want a different phone. I want the One X. So I'm going to wait. And possibly if the, what is it, the Samsung uh galaxy three is the s3 yeah the s3 possibly if it's in the market before the one x comes back i would get the same the 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 the, the s3 but i really want the one x when mike said that did i did anybody else picture mike just rolling into his at&t store and throwing it at him and saying i want the one x i don't want (laughs) this crap (laughs) i want what i want when i want it (laughs) Man, but it, just just stay with the One X, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a fan of the S3. I don't want to turn this into AOTA, but what's up, Ant? 
You got beef with Samsung or what? Well, I mean, what did they do to change the game? They, Nothing. They pulled an iPhone 4S. <laughs> oh. Yes, you they know did. What I mean? It's the Come S 2.3. Let's be honest, Samsung. Right. And, th- and then they threw in a Siri clone on top of that. Yeah, which I read that sued enough. it got released into the wild and then Samsung shut it down as if their app was that great and everyone was using it. Come on, Samsung. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, that, that, that hurt my feelings when, when they launched the S3. That's... What, what about the iPhone 5? When is that going to be available? I don't know. When pigs fly. <laughs> when pigs fly. <laughs> the new iPhone? I, I am I am moving away from the iPhone family. I'm not I'm not buying them. But Mike, I was going to ask: Are you were you that enthralled with the device and the operating system? Was it the hardware? What what was it? I mean, there's there's a ton of different phones you could go out that that are spec spec wise about equal. I mean, the Galaxy Nexus. There there's a few out there. What 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 oh, about yeah, that did you like specifically? I I liked the look and feel, the way it felt in the hand. It's a very sleek, uh, modern design. The camera takes really good pictures. It's a nice, big, bright screen. And man, I got to tell you, the, the killer feature is that 4G service. It's, it's like you're sitting in front of the computer connected to broadband at home. It's fast. Surfing the web. <laughs> when it's, way doing it on, it's way faster than, than any iPhone I've ever used. I got my Galaxy Nexus on LTE when I went to Seattle a few months ago, and I was getting like 20 megabit down and around 8 or 10 up and watching my battery drain. <laughs> drain as you, as you did so. Just to add insult to injury, my, I broke my phone right after I finally got Beyond Pod all configured the oh. way I wanted it for all my podcasts. <laughs> and then they updated it. I noticed there was a nice Beyond Pod update that changed some stuff around, and I was reading through the comments, and people, man, when you change interface, people just cry like this yes. is an amazing app and they move the playlist button from here in the middle to like the top and everyone's like <gasps> <gasps> like I calling suicide hotlines and so sad well so what else it. happened mike did did you you get caught in a rainstorm with the top down what else jeez <laughs> oh, <laughs> man that's, 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 that's the only disaster i will i will tell you that my uh, granddaughters were here for the weekend, and they thought having that uh, new One uh, X to play with uh, was the last word in cool. <laughs> so I, I suddenly became the cool grandfather, and it turns out for the 11-year-old set, uh, jumping monkeys is the big game of choice. Jumping monkeys, huh? Never yeah. heard. Huh. Right. <laughs> you have an 11-year-old granddaughter? Yeah, actually, two, two. They're identical twins. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like I've got an eleven and a nine, and they both have iPhones. Do your kids yeah. have cell phones and stuff like that? No, uh, we live in have... the ghetto. We don't. We have burner phones here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just kind of like, wow, these kids have iPhones. Why? Yeah, our our granddaughters have sort of. Um, uh, limited functionality cell phones that are meant to be, you know, for the emergency call to mom and dad. Right. They wind up spending all day texting their friends on, you know, the little 10 key keypad yeah. that, that phones have. That's, that's their Our kids thing. just use them as, as game machines. Yeah, they kind of the other big they've replaced game. the Nintendo DS and the PSP almost. It seems like it's all about mobile gaming. And 
Actually, over on GroovyPost.com, I reviewed ten or five free Tegra Zone games. They're only games that I'll play on a Tegra device, but man, they look like console quality. It's it's pretty amazing to put some headphones on and get immersed on this. I mean, the screen is you know it's this big. That that's what I'm on. Yeah, I bet those just, do look good on that Tegra it's a, chip. It's beautiful. Yeah, especially the Tegra Three. It plays. I mean, that's what a lot of these games I reviewed were were made for, but. Even the pinball game. I was like, I haven't had this much fun since Kirby's Pinball Land. Like, on a, it, it, they're just really, I don't know, they're really good. The graphics are just awesome. Hey, Matt, did Jerry use a real pinball machine? Yeah, I used to have a couple. Mechanical pinball I, I wrote that also. I said I was a fan of the real thing, but since I don't yeah. own one anymore, this is the next best. But, yeah. Um, let's talk about, I guess, we don't want to be the only tech podcast that didn't mention the Facebook IPO. It was hyped. It was hyped. It was amazing. Talk about a wah, wah. And then what? <laughs> what happened? Is that, the again, the media overhyping what should have been? Because it was, in essence, the biggest IPO in history, even though it was pretty floppy, right? Was it? It was the highest evaluation of a company in history? Yeah, That's what I read. Tech, was it just valuation? IPO. Highest tech. Oh. No, I think I think Antit was the highest IPO. I mean, it, it, oh, really? Facebook, that's what I thought. Facebook, I read that Facebook is valued now as more valuable than General Motors. But what people I mean, were mad about was that it started at what one price and then dropped a few dollars, and now yeah, I think it popped up and then it came down on the first day back to where it started, and which, then it went down. What's the yeah. difference between that and every other stock? That's, I mean, what were they expecting? It's Facebook. Uh, They haven't proved them. There have been two problems with this offering. The first is that that it was priced so so high that it didn't achieve the the sort of first-day bump and persistent first-day bump that people expect. Well, what company drops a billion dollars on an app and then doesn't come off the valuation just making money? I mean, logical next step. Who, who should be surprised that that group of bankers and Facebook did not price it aggressively? The other, but there's another objection. There, there's beginning to be talk in the press that there was some insider information leaked about the uh, about the company just prior to the offering. It was about the mobile to, ads, was it not? Mobile ads, yes, and that's going to result in lots of lawsuits. Because that's big no-no. That's like big illegal no-no yeah. as that's far like, as, you know. It's like go, go to jail if you're found guilty. Right, right. At least that's, at With least Benny that's Madoff and, and the WorldCom or, or Enron guys <laughs> sharing bumps. Well, ex- there, exactly. But what's happening now is Facebook, in, as a public company, is going to be faced with these kinds of distractions as a public company rather than focusing on improving its services. Do you think so, Mark Zuckerberg knew that going into it and put in place people to deal with that so his core team of developers and engineers could focus on doing what they do best? Clearly, uh, investment banking is not his forte, as it, and it shouldn't be. He's a developer. He's a coder. He's a hacker. Like he's That's what he does. But it had to go public eventually. I mean, you can only get so big and, and be in the private sector, but... I feel you like know, he, sure he that, saw this coming. Sure they, I don't know. I'm sure they put people in place to deal with this sort of situation, lots of lawyers and PR people, but I'm also sure that the press of this last week is eating the insides of the senior management of Facebook alive. 
It's, it's not the kind of publicity that they wanted to have coming off of their IPO and the, you know, the other big Facebook news is uh, uh, Mark's changing his married status. Yeah, he got married the same day. Or what to yeah. say? It's complicated. I mean, what what did he change his status to? He's married. He got married. Oh he yeah, got married yeah, the day yeah. After the IPO, to his longtime, he, he's he's. That's pretty day. neat how he pulled that off, though. I yeah. think it is too. Is that He's a case dating. of look over here while we're doing insider trading over here, or what? What is that? <laughs> uh, the speculation on that one is is simple: that uh, he wanted to have the company valued <laughs> definitively before his wedding, so that under California law, the the value of his holdings in Facebook would be his property as separate property from that of his spouse. Well, maybe he should be an investment banker. He's, he boy. seems pretty sharp. <laughs> <laughs> is he, he hasn't admitted that, right? That's oh, true. no, no. So that's, let me ask you... speculation, Larry. Let me ask you guys this. Who does that hurt then? It doesn't hurt Mark Zuckerberg. It doesn't hurt Facebook. They knew what they were worth. They knew what they were doing. This hurts the sharks and the bankers that were trying to make a bunch of quick money off of it, or does this hurt yes. the public at large? Or What do you think, Ant? You say yes? I think it, it hurts everyone that dove in at about nine o'clock Friday morning and flopped down for a couple hundred shares and was riding high and feeling good all weekend and partying. And then Monday morning happened. Right. And then Monday. <laughs> oh, you know that that hundred thousand dollars you just blew on the. It popped up and then came back down to the start on the first day. Now, and you think about it, who's going to go after it now? You know, they got these lawsuits coming after them right now. But think the, about the it. The price think about just it. continue to decline. That's, isn't you got that the Dr. Best? Jerry Purnell preaching at you, telling you your, your stock is going to tank. Isn't that the best <laughs> time to buy it, though? You th it's not, they're not dead, obviously. I think it, the lowest it gets, man, snatch it up and then just watch it work its way back up. What are you going to lose? Eight bucks? I mean, you know work its way back up, bro. Wait, hey, when, how much actual money did they get? Like $16 billion. Okay, for, so they're going to presumably invest that in the company and maybe they'll come up with some cool product. I mean, that's kind of neat, too. They've got $16 billion. Well, yeah, but what's their expenditures? How much? I mean, we know how expensive it is to keep Yats going. Like, what's a Facebook server farm cost these they, days? I mean, it's, really it's, it costs money to run no, that. It, won't they use that to expand their service to do more mobile stuff? I'm sure, oh, I'm I, sure they're... Absolutely. I'm and, sure they're... on acquisitions, the, 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 the <laughs> speculation is that they're going to take the bankroll and, and acquire... Uh, third parties that get integrated somehow into the Facebook world. They're going to buy Zynga. How much they can monetize, though? They're going to. I just don't see it. They're going to buy Zynga for four point three Instagrams. And then <laughs> there you go. New unit of measure, the Instagram. <laughs> That's right. We've been trying to use that across that our shows. <laughs> But yeah, what is the next step? Obviously, you need to acquire some more some more stuff. You need to get some more. Whether it be you know engineers or people or or what, and you need you know, to. I, uh... I would not be a buyer of Facebook. I mean, I use the service. I like the service. I admire Facebook, but I think they're vastly overpriced. Vastly, yes. but see, none of us. How many ads do you click on? How many? Like we use it for a purpose. I think the 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 
the majority of the people at large are playing games on it. They're doing things that may not necessarily translate to real world money, but it's it's eyes on pages and it's they're getting hooked on these games and they're coming back. I mean, there is something there, whether it's worth 16 Instagrams or not. I don't know. I doubt it, but who knows? I don't have, I don't have the facts in front of me, but I'm going to speculate that they're, they're not making any money off of that. It's all going back into recoup server costs, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what I'm saying. How are how are they going to make money in the long term? Well, have they you know, truly? They're, they're going to continue to sign up a billion what... users and whatnot. But those billions of users are a bunch of teenagers that don't have jobs. All they're doing is sitting around and saying, "Hey, I just ate Krispy Kreme donuts today and puked." Right, and but check this out. Last that, night, but that, they not once clicked on an ad. It doesn't say, matter. I go see the Avengers movie, or it doesn't matter. I want to go look at this this 15 year arm plan, or or you know what I'm no, saying? what you it's said right there, and about the Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme <laughs> wants to know that kind of stuff. They haven't even begun to scratch the surface of the monetization, and not front facing, not not what the public sees. What they're doing on the back end. Their next step is to piss a bunch of people off with what they decide to do with your information. That's what I think. Oh, That's the next step. Wait a minute, which brings up another point. Because then it. they also just get in trouble with um, mm-hmm. showing the images to these different uh, third parties saying. Hey, Susie liked to buy the Maybelline. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I know Maybelline makeup, but because you're worth you know, it. <laughs> you know what? That's not that's not cool either. And all this Aunt privacy would, stuff is still coming up. And you would look wonderful in Maybelline. Man, I look wonderful without it. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Classic Aunt. And the Classic. Diva of the Week award goes to Aunt Pruitt of Yats, episode 10. Give them a round. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about what this means for those that work there, Larry. You you had an interesting post about the Facebook multiplier. And I, I was kind of talking about this on, on last week's show about how this is going to create a whole bunch of kids that have a bunch of money and they're either going to blow it all and kill themselves or they're going to really turn around and start some new companies and we're going to see a lot of cool innovation. Yeah, I think I don't, you know, all I did was I saw an article in the New York Times and I put in a link to it on a post. That's all we ever do. I said that's all we ever do. Come on. Yeah, no, I'm not a finance guy, but it kind of, you know, and this guy, I don't remember his name, but he came away with a billion dollars and he, I think he worked for Google and now he started a company. And the thing that struck me is one, he's still a young guy, probably really smart, probably ambitious. He's got a ton of money now. And uh, the thing that most struck me is he's well connected. He got a write up in the New York Times. Uh, And there must be a you know, I don't know, 50 guys like that that pop out of a Facebook offering like this. And I imagine they're going to, a lot of them bring the startup companies and we'll see, you know, a lot of sort of role, a lot of follow on after the Facebook thing. Just does this, guys like Larry, does this fuel the bubble even more if they're all getting money and then investing internally? It yeah. kind of grows and grows and grows this bubble, maybe yeah, not I don't bubble. Know means, you know, you know, maybe the first bubble was the Microsoft millionaires spending all their money. I don't know. I really have to say I don't know. One thing, though, that's way different in those days, I remember that Bubble Sub 1, um, it was just brain damage. Like people would, you know, spend gazillions of dollars on Super Bowl ads. They'd have giant parties. Um, the cost of, you know, that's something we were talking about before the show. 
the cost to start up a company now is a lot lower than it used to be. And I imagine people have learned lessons from those days that you don't uh, squander that money. Well, and also so, you got to so figure maybe, people. Maybe are, it's the same thing, but it'll be done more responsibly. And people are starting different kinds of companies now. Maybe because of that, the overhead on a tech startup is much lower. De- well, depending yeah. on what you're doing, but it, generally it's much lower than. Uh, say something going into manufacturing or, or food service or anything like that, and but it's even much lower than it used. To. You don't have to buy servers. You don't have. Oh, to right, buy, in that aspect, you yeah. Do everything uh, virtually these days, so you could you could start Facebook with a credit card. You know, but is that necessarily a good thing? Does that mean that what you really have you don't because you're reliant upon this third party to provide your service? And if that third party, not saying Amazon or or Google, or Lunar Pages, or whoever you're hosted with will eventually go away. But it seems like you're not building something tangible. You're just building bits and bytes, which I guess that's right. where we're moving. But You're building clients is what you're building. Right. You're getting them cheaper. And as long as that's a competitive market, there's Amazon and Rackspace and Google and whoever else goes into that world. Uh, and then if standards get set up so that there's like a, a level of abstraction between, okay, I want a server... And give it to me that you know that, and that's starting to happen. Companies and standards will emerge. You'll be able to move from one to the other. Now, I think it's just a cheaper way to do things. Yeah, I mean, I in the old days, what you know, my first ever server on the internet was a desktop PC sitting on my desk, running Windows three, and crashing every hour. <laughs> uh, and I had to worry about the connectivity, and I had to run, you know, re- reboot it twenty times a day. Um, you, you had to mess then, with the disk storage. Yeah. You had to mess with the disk storage. Yeah, you know. And um, hey, Ant, you remember disk storage? Yeah, remember that. I'm trying to figure out what the heck are they talking about. <laughs> I don't know these these <laughs> old timers. What I'm talking there. about is that it's so much easier. You know, the first time, and I haven't. I've done a couple of servers on the internet. It was a Windows PC running Windows three. And it crashed every 15 minutes. And, you know, I was responsible. I had to be the system administrator. I had to make sure there was a connection between it and the Internet. Uh, It was a huge pain in the ass. And, uh, you know, we've gone through generations. Like, things got a little more professional, and servers kind of moved into server rooms, and maybe there'd be a bunch of them. And then people started doing, you know, these racks with blades in them. So the, the server part got easier and easier. But now... Hey, you don't mess with it. It's just virtual on the Amazon cloud. And if you don't like Amazon's price, you move it to somebody else's cloud. That, somebody I think, else will offer a virtual solution is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Somebody else is and going so to start one on like, Amazon. Like, I've got an Amazon Web Services server, and I get a bill from those guys, and it's really cool. Um, I get a bill every month for one penny because I'm not doing much with it, Right. If I were doing something with it and had a lot of customers, I'd get a bigger bill. Right. As long as it's, I mean, you can just develop for free now. If, if Mark Zuckerberg started out today, I don't know what his first server looked like, but he wouldn't even had to have a server, and he wouldn't have to know much about as much about server administration. Right. I am well, not a network administrator. I'm not a, a server administrator. Well, and isn't the more you have to mess, the more you mess with that stuff, the less you're focusing on what you should be doing, which is programming or or whatever your thing is. I I think this is fantastic. (laughs) And and in fact, 
from what I understand of the startup market in San Francisco in sort of Silicon Valley area, no one is, startups are, are not investing in their own hardware any longer. No reason. And there's no reason to. They, they provision uh, often through Rackspace or, or Amazon or others, they provision the services they need as their service grows uh, in popularity and their, their need for bandwidth increases, those large companies can quickly respond to that need. Uh, it's just a sort of painless uh, uh, way of uh, developing systems. Well, and especially so, think of it this way. If you have to pivot in the middle of what you're doing as a business, it's much easier to do it when you're leasing virtual space than if I have a bunch of hardware in my house of a server and now it's not going to work for what I need to do to change my business up to make it survive. So now I have to sell this, buy new stuff. Like It's much easier to do it virtually. Exactly. You're flipping exactly. a couple That's switches just, rather it's not than... The, it's not just the server, it's the connectivity. Well, also. You know, at some point... The server in my desk or something, I gave it to the university and then they ran it. And if they wanted, you know, I had, I done a lot of work for Hyundai. They put all their servers in a data center, but they still own the, you know, to get the connectivity, but they still own the server. One Now you don't have to worry about the server hardware or the connectivity, and you don't have to have a guy on staff. It's a network administrator. Well, and the speeds people are used to. I don't think you could. We couldn't host this show on a desktop on a residential internet service. You People demand faster loading web pages. And if you're hosting off your 256K DSL line, like nobody's going to – I mean it's fine maybe for a personal site or I use mine here to host my own FTP if I need stuff or whatever. But for anything public, yeah, it's very unreasonable. Back back in the – in the early, early days, there was a web server. Oh, man. Gopher? His name even. O'Reilly published it, and the guy lived in Albuquerque, and it was his web server that I was using. And it was, I forget what it's called, web something or another. It, you know, this is before things like Apache or IIS or any of that existed. And it worked. It was an O'Reilly program, and he supported it, and his whole support and help and, and all that, uh, you know, threaded discussion was right off his laptop in Albuquerque. I mean, those are the good old days. Hey, Larry, I'd love to see what you're doing with a, a virtual server these days. I yeah, let me yeah, – this is a good segue. I didn't know we were going to start talking about this, but we were we were talking before. I, I As a demonstration for my class, I wanted to see how easy this has gotten. And not just the, the provision of the server, but developing has gotten a lot easier too. Uh, so, you know, what it – like I said, what it used to take when I did my first ever internet server was I had to provide the connectivity, I had to do the machine, I had to know about installing the server, blah, blah, blah. It was, you know, I didn't want nothing I wanted to do and it, it was a distraction. Now, let me show you what I just did the other day for my class in 10 minutes. And now we're gonna try, I'm gonna try to switch, uh, tell me if this works, you guys. I'm going over here and I'm gonna try to share my screen. So while he's getting that ready, what what we're going to show you guys, if if you're watching, right. there it is. Are you guys seeing it? Yep. So this yeah, is a page right. that Larry set up on an Amazon server. Yeah. Let me go back to the home page, and I'll tell you what you're looking at. And we'll we'll put okay. links to this in the show notes over at yet another text. Yeah. This will show up in the video, right? Yeah. This yeah. is in the video. Okay. What you're looking at is a simple web page on a server. Um, 
a you know Linux-based server, and it's on the Apache cloud. And it's really just a demo. It's just it's running three applications. The it's Apache running, cloud or uh, Amazon? Larry, I'm sorry. Apache cloud or Amazon? It's an oh, Amazon, sorry, Amazon cloud. It's Apache web server. Running right. Yeah, okay. This boat. Uh, okay, it's running a, a WordPress blog, and this is a real WordPress blog. You can post things to it. It's, it's just a WordPress blog, period. It's running a MediaWiki wiki. Come on, there you go. And you can see, I mean, I just set it up, and, you know, you can make new pages the whole, the whole bit. It's really just work that thing. And come on. And it's running a Apache web server. So this is just a, a web page that I FTP to it. Now this is running on a virtual machine in Amazon's cloud. And here's what I had to do to set it up. It took 10 minutes to create this server, deploy these three apps on it, and be ready to go. I went to Amazon. I said, okay, sign me up for a, uh, a free, uh, what they call a mini server, which is or micro server, I guess. And I can't even remember how much it is, like so much memory. But anyway, yeah. it's a really decent server. Yeah, it probably doesn't have a ton of storage, but it has enough, right? I had I can't remember. I, I we can put it in the show notes. I'll find out how much. But I know what the price is, zero. <laughs> I want to see, I want to move yet another tech show over to his server and watch his price go, go up. Yeah, I, would, we, we I, would, <laughs> I would love to see how much traffic a podcast uh, site would generate and space uh, yeah, and bandwidth yeah. and, and watch I'm his not build. Sure what happens if this would generate, I mean, so far it's generated probably about one megabit of traffic in its entire life. I'm not sure how much... Uh, if I generated a bunch of traffic, maybe Amazon would charge me. I'm not sure to tell the truth. But, but then, once I created the server, I went to a third-party company that's in the, in the business of kind of packaging up applications called Bitnami. And I told them, okay, here's my server on Amazon. Here's its IP address. And then literally with three clicks, no, two clicks, it, it, Amazon already had installed Apache. And it said, I got a menu that says, what other applications would you like on your server? And so I clicked WordPress and I clicked MediaWiki. And that was it. Two clicks. And I had those two applications installed. So this whole thing that you're looking at took 10 minutes. Now, yeah, we should also let people different. know that Amazon's not the only one that does this. Any shared no, no, hosting no. plan you get, they're going to give you a cPanel front end, and you're going to be able to go in there and go into your Fantastico scripts and install WordPress, Drupal, movable type, anything like that. What's key about this is you're not renting a shared server space. You're renting a virtual shared server space on their cloud. So it's Well, it's a little more than that, though. I How did I install this application, this web you know the blog and the wiki one click right that's what i'm talking about that's this what is fantastico right is that's what cpanel is that's what plesk is yeah. there's a bunch of friends yes. oh yeah bitnami is not the only company that right does right it. that's why i just wanted all. to clarify but for the listeners that there's a bunch of places that do this and google hangouts just crashed thanks i think rackspace has a better deal this month let's move it to rackspace that you know who provides the server I think will become a commodity underneath this kind of thing. Um, and this is the kind of, I mean, this is so much easier, like Mike was saying. I mean, just for no money, no effort, you can get your company going. Um, 
you know, you don't have to worry about the connectivity. You don't have to worry about the server. And it's gotten to easy enough that, um, you know, I can do it in 10 minutes. And it's a regular server. You know, I can FTP. That's how I got this little web page that you're looking at, this cloud server camera. I just typed it up, FTP'd it over. You can telnet in and, and uh, you know, be a server administrator, system administrator. It's just, um, it's just a whole level of easiness that's uh, absolutely cool. All right. And so I think that's the next generation. It'll be just audio. You won't have to deal with Amazon even. You'll just say, okay, I want Amazon or I want Rackspace, and here's the apps I want. Please spin it up. It'll be a, you know, a little teeny form, and you'll create a server running a bunch of applications. Well, that's awesome. I thought it was pretty cool. That's that cool. And if Larry's done with his Amazon ad, uh, Mike, did you want to? No, no just, not Amazon. I know. <laughs> I'm just this messing. This could be running on any other. I know. You know Rackspace or anybody. Else. I know. I'm just messing but, with you. But Amazon. Oh, final thing. I'm paying for this zero. You get a free year on Amazon and a free uh, year of being a developer on Bitnami. So this that's, is that's cool. Enough. Larry, is that a uh, education related offer? You have to no, like have an EDU no, account. You can do it. Wow. I didn't say I'm a professor. I want to do it for education. It's just it's the way they're kind of seeding the market and getting people to play with it. So yeah, <laughs> you guys can do it. I expect next week that you're going to all have servers up and you can show us what you've done. Yeah, and the, the the large players in this market, like the Amazons and Rack Spaces and and such are really going to make it harder on the smaller ISPs. Yeah, I don't know. Um, nobody. Yeah, unless yeah, and if they get competition, then the price. Like Matt was saying, I think a week or two weeks ago, that Amazon charges still too much for storage. But once they've got you know, uh, Google. I mean, who else? Whoever has giant, you know, any of these Microsoft, Google, anybody that's got enough money to build the giant infrastructure can go in and compete with. Well, yeah, and right. it's not just storage. It's it's bandwidth getting your bandwidth your files to the server yeah. for the server to get those files down to your end user. I mean, there's there's a lot of other hidden costs involved. Yeah, those are the the two things they but, like yeah. when you go to Amazon. You tell them how much storage you want, and you tell them how many cores you want. You know, they they've got a whole you know a price menu, and for sure, what you say bandwidth is is also in there. That's where they um, usually get you. Yeah. But the thing is, especially if you're hosting podcasts, because, you know, every episode, there's another 20 megs to and fro times however many listeners you have. It it gets quite pricey. Right. But if if you've got, say, five or six big companies competing in that space. Oh, that'll push the the overall price down, down, which we do have. That's what Mike is saying. Like, uh, you know, Rackspace exists and IBM is in this world. Microsoft is in this world. So the... um, Hopefully, we'll have competitors, unlike the telephone world, um, and they'll keep the price way down. I don't know. <clears throat> this right. was so much easier than setting up the damn server on my Windows 3 desktop machine. With, uh, I'm impressed. Everything now is easier than Windows 3. Come on, Larry. That's true. So speaking of uh, moving to the cloud and all that stuff, we have yeah. – this is kind of a rumor, but it's kind of not. Microsoft Office <laughs> coming out for iOS and Android maybe this fall. I find that kind of interesting, and Microsoft is denying this, but there's some some sources and, and some pictures that match up, and I, I, I think it might be true. 
But it's interesting if it is true because they have their own mobile OS now. Is this them not showing faith in their own being like, well, when that fails, we better have Office on iOS and Android, you know, where all of the users are. Uh, What do you think, Ant? Wasn't there a similar rumor um, back before the new iPad was released? Well, right after the new iPad was released, stating that it had the hardware to run Windows Metro on it. And he had all of these nice images and so forth on there. And Microsoft wouldn't comment on it. That was in February. So, And when they asked Microsoft this time, they were quiet. But back in February, Microsoft was very quick to deny. So that, yeah. that they say that the, that silence itself speaks volumes about their future plans, which I think... I'll give, I'll give you, you guys want a theory? Is yeah. Tinfoil hats. Um, there's, Microsoft is not... It's not one guy running the company anymore. If I'm running the office division, I want to put it on everything on earth. That's a great point. If I'm running the Windows division, I don't want it competing with... I don't want it anywhere, but... I want to cripple iPads. That's interesting. Maybe the political fight inside of Microsoft. Is is this the the beginning death throes of Microsoft destroying itself from the inside? Where you see a little alien pop out singing hello? I'd say go for it, Windows guy, or... Office guys, put it anywhere you want. Well, I mean, it does it does help out in the corporate side if you got this Microsoft Office cross platform like that. You know, I mean, especially yeah. with sales folks, because right right now, sales folks is carrying the tablets around. They're using their own custom CRMs and maybe something that's going to produce like a, a, a slideshow or presentation, and that's about it. You know, but they're not really able to to efficiently edit documents and spreadsheets and so forth because that's all that they want to do. Especially a sales guy that's constantly looking at numbers and and proposals and quotes and stuff and competing with the next man. Well, I can give you this rate and they can give you that rate. Let me change it up on this spreadsheet. And they go to do that on a touchscreen tablet and they get all fat fingered. You know? Yeah, you're. That's a good point. If I were Microsoft, I'd do it in a minute. I think you're right on the money, Ant. I think this is something Microsoft has to do exactly for the reasons you suggest. They have, uh, they, gone are the days when Microsoft sort of commanded the market and everyone followed. iOS has made too big, and Android has made too big inroads into their traditional market to ignore uh, those devices. Yeah, and that's what that's what the the article here on PC World says that that uh, Windows Phone is behind its larger competitors in terms of market share. Uh, and even though you know Windows Eight is going to be tablet friendly, there's no guarantee that they'll be able to compete with iPads or Android uh, Primes or whatever. So it's it, it would be a good move just to get it in there, especially with the way Google Docs and or Drive, excuse me, Google Drive is dominating in that space. It's it's interesting. Would would this make you switch if you were on iOS or Android using whatever it is you're using on those platforms? If if Office came out, would you be like, oh, cool, now I can keep using my DOC files or, or whatever? Or is everybody past this, Mike? That's gonna that's gonna make the 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 quote unquote average users stick around because that's what they're used to is the whole doc DOC and XLS and stuff. Right. You know, that's 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 what they want. You know, oh, okay, my spreadsheets work now. I don't have to get used to this syncing up with the Google Drive and whatever that format is that they have. 
Yeah, plus they've got a gazillion spreadsheets that use all the features of Excel. Now, right. I think, Matt, uh, that you're just totally right. I mean, I don't think they have any choice. They can't. There's By the time Windows 8 tablets come out, how many Android and forget Android, how many iTablets, iPads are going to be in corporations? A you ton. Know, well, gazillion. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be yeah. what are they going to do? Just blow all those people off? No way. No. Now, I'll, I'll make you this bet. I don't think the iOS or Android implementations of these programs is ever going to be as robust as the implementations on Microsoft platforms. I mean, that's just a no-brainer. So, yeah, except then they'll piss people off. They might even get an antitrust trouble for that. You know, it's like having hidden APIs that they don't tell other developers about. Didn't they get busted for that? Yeah, they did, but they were in a more dominant position generally back then. Yeah, yeah they'd probably let also, them go just to throw them a bone at this point. They're like, have also, you used Windows Phone? there's going to be phone? two classes of Windows tablets. There's going to be the uh, ARM ones and the Intel ones, and may, those may even be different in their capabilities. Probably will be different. In their office uh, suites. Yeah, the, the Intel tablet, tablets will run the full uh, Windows implementation of the Office Suite. That will not, that won't ever be true of the ARM mm -hmm. uh, tablets. Yeah, that'd be fun to see how it works. Did you guys hear about HP? Yeah, they Trying laid to... off a lot of people, right? Well, they're going to get back into tablet game, and it's going to be um, not going to be WebOS, it's going to be Windows 8. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. They just laid off like a shitload of people. Well, I mean, is this their way? Is this their way of trying to get back in, into to relevancy, or will this be another uh, uh, touchpad fiasco? Because <laughs> the touchpad ended up being a fire sale, you know, for a hundred dollars a pop. There at the end, I still want one. Yeah. HP. Oh, you know, I, 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 I think. I think Windows 8 on a touch tablet uh, is going to be a hot little number. So I'm sort, of, I'm sort of excited about it, to tell you the truth. I want to try it out later this year. I agree. I pulled up my virtual machine again here at the house and, mm -hmm. um, of Windows 8 Consumer Preview. And I don't know. There's something about with that mouse that it just doesn't jive right. You know, it seems like it would be a lot easier if I could touch my LCD and do whatever I needed to do. Yeah, I, so I went to the the um, the roll what they call it the build conference. I went to that when they rolled it out, not the consumer one, but the one for developers. Right. The, one of the guys from Microsoft, I don't remember who, he stood up on the stage and he flatly said, "A year from now, every laptop and every desktop is going to have a touchscreen." I don't know if it's true or not, but that was. He seemed to be taking that for granted. It's I mean, getting there. It's nice that the ones. It's nice that some of the ones they already have out there available. That HP has a really nice one. Yeah, I've never seen. You, you know, the mar It's it's funny because the market is really quiet about touchscreens right now, and uh, Windows Eight is so much about touchscreens. I I just don't know how you get from here in uh, late May to. December and have the market make that big a shift. So I'm I'm dubious of that Microsoft claim. That prediction, yeah. 
it's going to take them a little while in my opinion you know it, it's just more of the whole learning curve just like with uh, uh with office in every iteration of that since i want to say version 2003 has been just totally a 180 flip you go from your standard file menus um and toolbars at the top to that ribbon that they implemented and then they changed the ribbon again in this latest release of office i think it's version 2010 and i hate looking at the thing because nothing is nowhere you're used to seeing it and you're thinking about the previous version and it's not really as similar to that and you go back to versions similar to that i mean previous to that and it's still not a similar um interface and you Hunting and pecking, trying similar. to get used to it. Like I use uh, PowerPoint a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, it didn't take more than a week or something to be used to it. And you can also set up the ones you use frequently, you know, you put them in. Yeah, if you, if you can put in the quick launch, that's a good thing to do. I figured that out. Didn't yeah, uh, hey Ant? Didn't oh. Firefox do that a while back? They got rid of their whole menu area and put it all under that one little drop arrow? Yeah, I remember that right, was that was the most annoying thing. I I don't use Firefox very much, but man, I was I was using it to test something. I was like, the hell is my tools options? I was like, it yeah, took you a minute, right? right? Cuz you're yeah. used to one way of doing things. It, it you know, you can get used to it again, but it's it's kind of annoying. Yeah, it'll be a little learning curve for people to just dive yeah. into it and get past it. You know? It seems every time you run Skype, it's got a different user interface. <laughs> I'm trying not to run Skype. It's why we're running Google Plus Hangouts. Yeah, I did a Skype thing right before this, and um, I didn't even realize. It's, it says, oh, you're going to have more than two people, then you have to pay more money for the video. So yep. we get an audio Skype problem. That's um, where they get the money. All right, before yeah. we get out of here, we're kind of getting towards the end of the hour. Ant, you had an interesting Android and iOS app for uh, – some mobile conference calling. You want to mention or talk about that? Yeah. Um, the San Francisco app show is going on, <clears throat> excuse me, out West right now. And um, they had 10 developers that had their apps featured. And one of them was called crowd call. And what it is, is it is a, a free app for now. I'm going to say for now, because I don't know how long this was, will be free because it's a pretty neat feature. Right. If you have, if you, you're on the road and you need to get some stuff done and you need to do a conference call. You don't have to call a specific conference call service and get the 800 number and get the passcode and punch all of this in and have everybody else do the same thing. You just get your app, put in who you want to call, tell it to send. And what happens is crowd call will call you and say, Hey, I'm initiating your call. Press one to accept. That's it. So it's almost you like press, a Google Voice, or you call using Google Voice, it dials a number, and then that number will dial out for you. Right. But in but a it conference. Here, and it dials out. It, it'll dial out to all the individual parties as you. They won't see it as a, a conference call service. They'll see it as a call coming from you. Right. And it's, all, and it's not using VoIP. It's using your, your mobile voice line. Yeah. And it's so video also? Did you say it was video uh, also? No, was... it's just all conference call. Oh, no just video. audio call. Yeah, and it's international rates as well. They have about 40 countries that they offer international rates of free. Um, but it's, it was really, 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 really simple to use. You just put in the numbers, hit go, it calls everybody, and when they answer the phone, it'll tell you, hey, you're getting ready to do a conference call, just press one. That's pretty Period. cool. That's a good idea. <laughs> it was... 
I mean, and and you know, there's going to be a lot of these these sales guys and big wigs getting in touch with the board while they're driving. And can you imagine how annoying it is to try to punch in seven seven digits or whatever to to be in a passcode that yeah. doesn't get accepted? And then and then <laughs> you get pulled and over, over and over again. And then you get pulled you know? over because you live in a state that you're not allowed to be talking on the cell phone with. And then exactly. you got to explain that to the cop. And then he says, "What's that smell? Step out of the car." And then you got <laughs> whole to do. It's a whole to do. Well, that's pretty cool. What's it called again? Crowd. It's called Crowd Call. Crowd, Crowd Call. And um, it's, it's available on iOS and on Android, and it's free. And far as the quality of it, I will say that it's above average. It's not great, but for free, man, you really can't beat it. I mean, it's, it, there's a delay on it, almost like you're making international calls. Mm-hmm. I experienced delays from about anywhere from one second to three seconds. Not and too I've, bad. It's about a Skype delay. Three seconds kind of worries it. How, how many is there any limit on the number of people and does it degrade if you have more than two or three or four or five? I did five numbers and it didn't really degrade at all. Cool. Well how why would it degrade it mixed if, up. if it's using your voice line, why would it degrade? Right. It shouldn't degrade. No. If it's, it's not we're not talking about all the people you want just ban out as broad as you want. Yeah. I mean I called a mix of cells and landlines and so forth and and even called people that were on VoIP lines at the same time, and it was it, it worked all right. It worked all right, and like I said, it's free. Put a Skype in there, and it would work. I doubt if that would work because that's VoIP. <laughs> I thought you said that you could do VoIP mixed in VoIP. That's what I thought you said. No, the um, well, like I called a company that's running a VoIP uh, PBX service. Okay, but yeah, yeah. That sounds very cool. Yeah. And- very. It's another another great example of disruptive technology. You, you know, er, it seems like every week there's another sort of industry subsegment that's that's being attacked at the low end by new technology that's just going to eat its lunch. We should almost make that. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say we should we should almost make that into a bit the disruption of the week, and then and then. Uh... Talk about what? That's, <laughs> right. a, that's a new segment. There you go. I love it. All right, what, Ant? I just wonder how long it's going to stay free because if the word spreads on this, similar to how Google Plus was locking down the, the Hangout feature for a while, you know, only allowing so many people in. Well, that's a scaling issue you know? more than a, we're going to eventually charge for this as a subscription. Mm-hmm. Now, have you guys messed with uh, social yet? SO.CL, Microsoft's new social network. It launched, what, like a few days ago? Yeah, I have enough time for that, not as much as I do for Path. I thought you were going to say Facebook, because I was going to say, you can log in with your Facebook, of course. Oh, jeez. You log in everything with your Facebook. I tried to log in, and it it said, well, you need to sign up for an invite. So I did that, and a couple days later, I got my invite, and it's... It was weird. It was like walking into a Microsoft Google Plus. It it had it, it didn't say Hangouts, but it was like watch videos together and like I don't know. It's it's really weird. It's all focused around topics and searches and you can I forget the word they use. It, it's a it's a weird word to interact with a comment. It it makes it sound like you're dissing it. I, I forget the word they use, but yeah, it's This is the this is their bing of social media, huh? That's it. But it's it's a search engine, though. It, it didn't seem like a social media site. It was more of like, 
you're searching for things and everything you search for in here, we're going to make a post about it and then other people can talk about it. And I, I don't know. I wasn't that impressed with it, but I don't, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't I, have time. For I tried it, it for another. like literally one minute. Yeah, that's about. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what it was to tell the truth. It said, tell us all the things you're interested in. So it seemed like a giant RSS reader and I ticked off a few things. And- I was like, could I please? They're called video parties, but you're not like hanging out. You're, you and a bunch of people gather around a video and then you comment on that. you have to that. call them in advance or you just sort of see people gathered around Not the, You just click on video parties and it shows you a bunch you can join or you can start your own. Um, I'm on it Should right I, now. Here, actually, I can show you guys this. If you yeah, let's see. I, yeah, I've, signed, I've signed up for a uh, invite, but I haven't received it yet. Okay, you guys seeing this? I didn't sign up for invite. I just went to the website and logged in. You, you still, you sure you need invites? Are you? No. Yeah, no. You have to. What you have to do is you sign in with your Facebook account, and then it says we will send you an invite, and then they send you one a couple days later. Are you guys seeing my screen here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I went there yesterday, and it just said log in. I guess I had a Microsoft account already. Yeah, see, I logged in with my Facebook account because I don't use my yeah, live one. Okay. So. I logged in with yeah. Microsoft. But, so you can see here on the left, you have Explore. You can click that, and that'll kind of give you the best of what's up there. And I already kind of went through and put in my categories, science and tech and innovation, cars and porn and uh, whatever. So you can go in there, and then there's you can check your feed, which is the people, it's everyone or the people that you're following. <laughs> And you can do a thing called riff. That's what I was trying to think of, the name. Like, that sounds like you're riffing on a post, like I'm making fun of it. But what it actually is, is a visual response you can make to this post. So now it says, you're riffing on the post, blah, 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 by Faisal Faradas. And I can say, that was super awesome, exclamation point. I hit done. And there you go. I just riffed. On this stupid post. See, it's I don't like it. It's oh, dumb. Oh my gosh! Um, you know, all of the Google Plus naysayers are saying Google was too late in getting into social no, media. No, social Facebook just <laughs> is going ahead and set the bar and yada yada yada. What in the heck has been said about Microsoft in this? If yes, Google Plus I'm is too late, nice. Microsoft is just <laughs> nailing late. nails in coffins or kicking dead horses. I don't know. Whatever you want. I want to come back to the demo you just did. Like, I shared my screen before and you guys could see it. It looked perfect to me. Matt just shared his screen and the quality was crappy at my end. Yeah, that's because I'm host. Type. Did you guys read it? Yeah, it looked good to me. I could read it. Put it back up a sec, just because to me it looks it looked like shit, like uh, very. Like it's pixelated or something. No, <laughs> like I, the fonts are all there's just not enough bits in each font, enough uh, pixels. Like the word everyone's we just disappeared, but all those those little words they're just uh, the fonts look ridiculous. Now I don't know if that's because I am using Firefox right now. Or- yeah, I think it's the way Hangouts encoding it. I don't know. Yeah, it's making my audio. It's like, the bandwidth. See how it says every, wait, don't touch it. See how it says everyone under food in the left column? Look at the cat. I'm too busy <laughs> looking the R, at yeah, the, the kitty. Cat looks cool, but does that R on everyone look normal to you guys? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, looks fine to me. My That's it's making it's not, looks fine. It's making my audio. And it's glitch. not food, it's feed. <laughs> yeah. 
That's really why am I seeing it uh, so degraded? Because you're going <laughs> blind, Ga Larry. Gary, what the no, hell is your no, name? Trust me. If you put it back up, I'll take a screenshot of it. Okay. And I'll send it to you to prove to you that it looks like okay. crap. All right. How do you do a screenshot on a Macintosh? Now you got to tell me. It's <laughs> Control Alt oh, Delete. Gosh, Where's Larry? the print screen key on this thing? Seriously. <laughs> All right, and that's been yet another tech show. Our weekly journey, the shark. our weekly journey to teach Larry Press about the internet. Uh, do you guys want any uh, any other comments on on social? Too little, too late. Just like the rest of Microsoft's latest uh, ventures. I just got into it, and it's it's got a lot of eye candy, but it looks to me like it's a Me Too product following on a Me Too product. It's a Me Too product that looks like Pinterest with the functionality of MySpace, but it, I saw an animated GIF cat, so it's got that going for it. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I guess that's going to be the final word on, on social, at least for this week. Yep. They're there, screwed. There we go. All right. Well, anything else we want to mention before we wrap this thing up? I think... Uh, just keep checking out everybody's writing on Groovy Post in a new domain. Yeah, check out the Tegra Zone review. Check out the uh, the app app show stuff over on a new domain.net. My post is up on groovypost.com. Uh, you got anything you've been writing lately, Mike? My most recent post is a review of a Slingbox, Slingbox HD over on groovypost.com. Very cool. And Larry, of course, all of his writing over on the Google Pluses. Yeah, i uh... The show notes. I like. What have I done this week? I got. I did one on how this online education thing is an international phenomenon. People aren't paying attention to. I don't remember what I did. I put it on the show notes. It's there. All right. Well, you guys the, can check out. Plan. Check out that stuff and everything else. It's all at yetanothertechshow.com. If you want the raw, unedited version of this podcast, you probably want to go to yetanothertechshow.com slash live. And for the, for the week leading up to the next episode, we'll be playing reruns whenever you go there of this episode. And this was our 10th episode, so congratulations. They say a podcast never gets canceled. The host just runs out of rent money, but that's fine. Um, yeah, yetanothertechshow.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Been a blast, everyone. Congratulations yes. on number 10. Whoa. Thanks for listening, everybody. Three double digits, guys. That's yeah. right. Double digits. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks yeah, for listening. still being recorded. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, follow Twitter, and Google Plus, and we'll catch you guys next week. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.